0: Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: What you got on my NBA, Jeremy Kahn? Yeah, lots of good stuff to talk about. I'm uh, looking at the Eastern Conference real quick. I mean, you got some of the usual suspects up top, Boston, Milwaukee, Philly. But what you may not know is Orlando's playing really good basketball. They've got the fourth best record right now in the NBA or in the Eastern Conference, I should say. The Knicks are up there, the Cavs. And then you get your teams like Miami, Indiana, Brooklyn, Atlanta that would be in the play-in. Um, some other teams vying to try to get in there. Chicago, Toronto, Charlotte. Char- some of those teams are going to be out of it. Because I kind of feel like outside of Chicago and Toronto, though the playoff race is probably already set outside of where you're playing or who you're playing. Uh, not necessarily what teams are going to be in. but Because Chicago is going to blow it up and sell. Um, so we, we should end up with something fun. Last night, Philadelphia knocked off Minnesota. I know some uh, Wolves fans were pretty upset because... <laughs> Joel Embiid got so many BS calls last night. He he had Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns with two fouls before the first quarter ended. And I was watching it. And <clears throat> some of it's just like, those are superstar calls that he's getting that the other guys aren't. But good for him. Um, as they pull off a big victory. Minnesota has the best record uh, in the Western Conference. Boston has one more win than them, or they would have the same record. Uh, but going into last night, they had the best winning percentage. Oklahoma City has the second. Denver's up there. They're going to be just fine. The Clippers, remember how we were bashing them? Yep. They lost that five in a row when James Harden joined. Well, yeah, now they've won nine in a row. They beat the Mavericks last night. Uh, Sacramento and Dallas. So, like, the usual suspects, Golden State Warriors would be out of the playoffs right now. The Memphis Grizzlies are 7-19 and if you think Ja can do something to get them back in the mix uh, now that he's healthy. Uh, but Phoenix would be the last team into uh, the, the playing game which feels weird. They've had Bradley Beal for like one game. He keeps getting hurt. Um, we still have not yet to see them at full capacity. And I would say this, if, if you haven't been watching Oklahoma city is going to be a problem. Maybe it's not this year, but it's in the future. Lots of young talent. Uh, and they're really not spending money. Shy, Gilgis, Alexander, Shea, whatever you want to call him, He's been SGA has been uh, probably the best superstar that nobody talks about in this league. And, I just think it's something that you should focus a little bit more on. Talked about Houston quite a bit and how they've been playing. Uh, it's been really good in the Pelicans as well. Um, the Golden State stuff is interesting. I said to you, uh, go. I just watched the highlights from the other night when Golden State played Boston, and Jalen Brown hit the, uh, the too little sign on Steph after backing him down and getting an and one. Mm-hmm. Steph just kind of looked at him like, Really? Son, you just tugged on Superman's cape. Yeah. And then Steph came out in regulation and overtime and dropped like 20-some points on him.
3: You know how sometimes you get that 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 thought? You realize, I guess it's a, an epiphany um, that you are witness greatness. I was watching his highlights the other night and I just stopped and said, he is the greatest shooter of my lifetime. 52 years. he He is the the greatest shooter of my entire life the guy's amazing man and it's weird. absolutely
2: amazing like I, I don't know that we're ever going to see somebody better than him we probably I don't. will oh like, man but it, the thing that tells me about his greatness cuz i like once we start listing the top 10 players of all time mm-hmm. like he doesn't really show up for me because there's so many great players right. that that you know like he's not a Great defensive player. He's, he, but he's the most amazing shooter, which is such an important part of this game. And I think the fact that he's in today's game makes it he, him that yeah. much better as well. Um, but when Shaq was asked about Steph Curry, and Shaq said he's better than me, like you, like he, it's an easy opt out to say you can't compare us because I'm a big. Mm-hmm. I did different things, and he just said he's a better ball player to me. And we need to start thinking about talking about him in the top ten. And, and all I, the
3: greats respect him, man. Yeah. Nobody, you think about it, the greats. Criticize
2: everybody. Who criticizes Steph out of the greats? He's just very hard to dis- he's hard to dislike. Yeah, he scares the hell out of me, man. Uh like because he's he's that guy. Like you don't wanna, as you put it, you don't want to tug on Superman's nah, cape, and mess he's just him.
3: that. Don't mess with him.
2: Um he's but, the guy when he knocked down
3: like an amazing shot of him on the other team. Good shot, Steph.
2: But there were <laughs> speaking of like not knowing where you're at when Jalen Brown gives a too little thing, there was a story from Mo Wagner when he said he was playing against uh Kevin Durant when he was on the Warriors. And Mo Mo Wagner was on the Wizards, I believe, at the time. And he turned and he hit a, a big jump shot, or he, he shot a three, and KD fouled him. And he just yelled at KD's his favorite player in the league, by the way. He said that's who he loved growing up. He, he didn't even realize that's who had fouled him. He's like, you can't guard me. He turns around, and he sees KD. And he was like, damn. <laughs> he just puts his head down. <laughs> he, he made one of three out of the free throws. He said he was so shook because it wasn't just KD – Draymond and DeMarcus Cousins were rebounding, and all they did was talk trash to him the rest of the game. He said he was absolutely shook, and he hates admitting it, but those guys had him. So, But I do think if, if you're not watching the NBA, there's a lot of superstar-driven talent. The Pacers are a really fun team to watch, and I'll get to it in the Daily Line. I just don't know what the league's going to do, or I should say like Vegas is going to do. They are scoring so much and giving up so many points you can't put an accurate total on them. You really can't. Last night it fell to 245. It hit midway through the fourth quarter. And I'm telling people you got to be scared of games like that because of depending on who they're playing, like a team could slow the game down or just have a bad shooting night. They're shooting shots when there's there's 20 seconds on the shot clock. And if you miss a shot, they get a shot off quicker than if you make it. Mm -hmm. So don't miss against them because as soon as they get the rebound, everybody's running. I mean, they're just taught. It's almost like fast break drill. Breaking a press, you know, you you go. They go over once we get a rebound. Where's everybody going to be? Yeah. And everybody's taking off running, and they they score in transition so quick. So it's kind of like what I was talking about with the Iowa game yesterday. That they're going to get up four or five shots in every single minute of the game, and that doesn't even include free throws. Yeah. So when that's happening, the one thing you don't want is just an incredibly off night shooting. But you're going to have so many opportunities from three point land, from putbacks. Um, and just getting out in transition to score, that that's why you like some of those totals. But the NBA has a problem on their hand because last night or the night before, we had four totals that were 240-something or higher. That's great. That's, it's yeah. just getting crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. So there you go. I want to address something that we talked
3: about last segment because I feel like if I don't, then I'm not being real with the, with the audience. And and I want to put this out here. This is my opinion. This is only my opinion. Uh, when we was asked about swimming, why is swimming such an issue? And And my real thoughts on that is, um we had an issue also with a lot, a lot of black Americans playing baseball, am I right? Yes. Um baseball and swimming, although they're sports, they're specific skills. You agree?
4: You know, yes, it's not yes, it's not just sure. about being an athlete. Yeah, yeah.
3: You know, football, you can be a great athlete and be a great football player. Basketball, same thing. Baseball, swimming, athleticism is needed, but it's all about specific skills. Um almost 70%. Of the f- homes in Baltimore City, uh, bl- black kids are raised by single moms. Almost seventy percent, sixty-seven percent. Who's teaching those specific skills? Who is? If mom has kids, she's working all the time. You talk about s- baseball, swimming. There's a reason those two sports. and my again, this is my opinion. Who's teaching you? I can go out and nail a, a milk carton to a. Wouldn't like post and teach myself basketball. Football, I can go out and just, just be an athlete, catch a football. But when you talk about specific skills like baseball and swimming, again, my opinion is there's no one teaching them, period. Yeah. You can have all the swimming pools you want. If you're not teaching me to swim, then how am I learning to swim? So I, I think in my opinion, growing up, a lot of the pools were closed. But that's just, again, there's no facts behind that. But it's just my opinion that there's no one to teach these kids those specific skills of those sports. 410-583-1057. That's the number. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Gordon McGinnis joins us at 830. Shovels at 845. But on the other side is you, Commissioner Baltimore. Yeah,
1: we're going to have an interesting conversation. <clears throat> Someone with power in this state wants to make the age of like responsibility 25. In other words, if you're up to 25 years old, and you commit a heinous crime, you should be charged as a juvenile. 25?
3: 25.
1: 25. Huh. I mean this is just You didn't have your master's degree before then. 25. I was a cop for 5 years already. I mean, that's just 25, but this is this is a real thing. Commissions Baltimore up next on the fan. It's
0: comm- call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
5: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Bishes, Baltimore, there,
3: North, what you got going on over there? Well, I, you heard the tease. It's, I, I,
1: this to me is just an example. Of we're absolutely losing our way as a society. Really losing our way. Um, in March, I, you may or may not have seen this, but in March, um, Democrat lawmakers in Maryland attempted to pass a bill to prevent criminals under 25 of being convicted of felony murder. And people, a felony murder is what happens when you kill when someone gets killed when you're in the commission of another crime. Like, like you don't you didn't go out to kill somebody for revenge. You went out to to rob somebody. It goes south, and you end up killing. Them. That's felony murder. It's a it's a first degree crime, Um and their their argument was this bill prohibits a, uh, prohibits a person younger than twenty five from being convicted of murder in the first degree, et cetera, et cetera. And what they said was this was introduced by uh, Charlotte Crutchfield. She said the reason behind the new bill is a person's frontal lobes not fully developed till the age of twenty five. Yeah, that may be true. I've they, heard that for years, especially in males. Like they, you know, you. are your, the rational part, of you, it's, rational thinking part of your brain, is not fully developed, fully developed till twenty five, and and then now you've got you know another crisis. Vincent Chiraldi said this, and he's the new director of uh, Department of Juvenile Services in Maryland. Chiraldi known as a uh, reformer. He think worked, worked for De Blasio in New York uh, Corrections. Um, he said kids that young are much more of a social service problem than a criminal justice problem. Yeah, that sounds great, but how do you not hold people responsible for their actions? And I don't understand. This is a, uh, Jeff Gale, a sheriff in Hartford County. I had to quote. He said, "Unfortunately, lawmakers have decided it's more important to support lawbreakers than those who are enforcing the law." I heard add one more to that than the victims of the crimes. You're not supporting it at all. Like this is out. This is insane. I was researching this for the segment. It turns out you people humans can determine right from wrong as young as nineteen months about two years old mm-hmm. you can determine right what's right from wrong it develops obviously you get old you develop a conscience around five years old, but you certainly know right from wrong as a young teenager mm-hmm. you're fourteen you're fifteen you don't- t- you can't tell me you don't know it's wrong to kill somebody yeah, come on now this is just this is so absurd and the, <laughs>
3: well, well, I mean, can I can I add something to that? Sure. I, I think when consequences are great, it tends to govern you a little more, bit more as well. When you re- yes. when you get to the point where you realize there are no consequences, consequences. to what I do, yeah. then yeah. then I'm gonna do what I want. Yes. For me, what governed me more than anything when I was a kid were consequences. Yeah. I saw people go to jail. Right. I saw people go to jail and not see them for a long time. Mm-hmm those consequences kept me alive because I knew what I didn't want for myself
1: you've got to learn in life there are response there are consequences to actions and if you don't learn that you'll never succeed in life and you'll end up in prison all the time it's just this is so stu- this is just stupid in my opinion I'm sorry this is just stupid it's like they've lost their freaking minds now I mean the, the, think about it, who's doing all the carjackings now young, young kids kids. Yeah. kids as young as 11 11 13 14 15. They're I, robbing people. I just there's someone I know. She just got carjacked. They put the knife to her daughter's throat and stole ooh, the car. Ooh,
3: thirteen year old daughter. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are we? Who are we protecting here? I, I want to know. We should do a study on what what what's happened to crime. Has it gone down since we eased up on some of the punishment? I would love to know. Yeah. That's that should be the study because I think we study everything but that because yeah. I I. I, I I would imagine if they did a study on that, they would see the opposite. Crime has gone up 100%. since we eased well, back.
1: But just look I'm- about the Defund Police movement. Defund the police started you know, after George Floyd and that, you know, the Freddie Gray and all. Crime has gone up tremendously around the country. It's not just in Baltimore. We just have crime spikes all over the country. New York City's a mess now again. I mean, in this one, I'm just when I hear this, it's, bad, it's, a, it's a difficult enough subject to, to handle. It's how to reduce crime. It's not, it's very complicated, but you can do it. This is just like, what are you doing here? So you're telling me if, if your family member gets stuck up at the mall in the parking lot and they get shot and killed, that person is not culpable, not responsible for that part of it.
2: It just seems so, like, are they going to change everything else, too? It's like, does the drinking age change? Does Tattoos, it, yeah, do piercings, you, like, going voting. war, or, like do all those things. All those things. And I know like some people may say, well, that's, you know, you're, you're going. So, but like, how far do you go? And that's what we're dealing with now with all the change that no, goes those on. those legit
1: points. I mean, smoking and, and alcohol, they're not good for you. You got to use them in moderation if you do them at all. So, if you're not, you can't think rationally, why would you sell them to people who are under 25?
2: And as you've pointed out a bunch of times, uh, drinking alcohol is the one thing when you're not drinking. People are like, Are you okay? Everything all right? Oh, yeah, it's man.
3: Like...
1: It's so many drug that you know, people, have, when you're off it, people are suspicious. Hey, what, everything all
2: right? You okay? <laughs> hey, Joe, you got a stat
1: over
3: there for me?
2: Uh, yeah. So it says that juvenile crime overall in the last 15 years is down. Um, and what's the number is, uh, violent crimes are down 48%, nonviolent felonies are down 79%, misdemeanors are down 85%. Um, but in the last few years, uh, violent crime has gone up while nonviolent crime has gone down.
1: Yeah, well, the last few
3: years, when is this taking place? I mean, it's just... So it's the, you started 15 years ago, right? And then, yeah. it, and then it gave us... So overall, 15 years down, but... More recently, back Yeah, it's up. a slight, up, slight
2: uptick, up. but overall, you're down by almost like 80%. Okay. And that's
3: Commissions Baltimore. Thank you very much, commission 410 1057 That's the number of Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Shovels at 845, but on the other side, Gordon McGinnis from PFF gets us ready for what they're calling right now two things, game of the year, Super Bowl preview. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 8.32 in the a.m. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. It's Thursday. That means Gordon McGinnis joins us, courtesy of the WGK Law guest hotline. What's going on, Gordon? Doing well, thanks. How are you? Doing well. Ravens getting ready to go, play the uh, people calling the game of the year, Super Bowl preview, all of those things. Lamar Jackson on primetime television last Sunday was spectacular. Um, We got a little bit of an MVP showdown. Three potential MVPs will be playing in this game on Monday night. What do you expect from Mr. Jackson?
4: I think we're probably going to see a lot of what we've seen from him lately, and that's the ability to go and um, create plays when there's nothing there. I think it's simply if the Ravens win the next two games and he plays well, I think he probably winds up being the MVP. But the really interesting debate is you have a guy like Lamar Jackson who saves the day when things are breaking down. You have Brock Purdy on the other side at quarterback who is elevating that Shanahan scheme more than we saw guys like Jimmy Garoppolo do. So trying to weigh like what's more valuable in that sense, personally, though, I would take Lamar.
1: What do you think about uh, this Keaton Mitchell loss? I mean, he seemed to be something that's been lacking from the Ravens, which is real explosiveness and speed in the running back position. He had that, you know, he could outrun angles, which is a rarity. Uh, how big a blow is this going to be?
4: I think it's big in the sense that exactly what you're talking about there. So, Over 25% of his carries went for 10 or more yards this year, just as Hill and Gus Edwards are just right around 5%. So it takes away that ability to create big plays in the running game from the running back position. And when you think about the playoffs, you think about the Super Bowl, you know, the NFL is a a single-game elimination. So sometimes one play either side is what decides the game. And just losing that guy who could take a run where there's nothing there and turn it into a 40-yard touchdown, and instead you have two guys who might turn that into eight yards, might be the difference somewhere along the way.
2: Well, is there any matchups uh, for Monday night's game that you're looking forward to seeing? Because when you have a team like this and you have, I think everybody considers right now at least the Ravens would be the best in the AFC and the 49ers the best in the NFC, uh, typically we're looking to see these matchups. of like a great defense versus a great offense, but they seem like
4: two well-rounded teams. They both are. They're they're both really good on both sides of the ball. I'm really intrigued to see how the Ravens use Kyle Hamilton in this game. You know, do they have him try and focus on George Kittle? Do they have him try and focus on Debo Samuel? Uh, Both teams have those players on both sides of the ball where they can be real X factors. You can kind of move them around and stuff like that. So I think that plus how Ronnie Stanley, assuming he's good to go, which sounds like he will be, how he holds up against some really good pass rushers on the edge in San Francisco.
3: Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, going to be a great matchup. Baltimore Ravens, San Francisco Forty ers I'm looking forward to that. These two teams, as we just said, Gordon, McG- who's joining us right now, Gordon McGinnis. Um, do you expect maybe the unexpected from one of these teams? Do we know what their identity is? Uh, do they change up a little bit going into this football game to, to try to get away from
4: from from the norm, so to speak? I think it's interesting because the the possibility that you play again in the Super Bowl is relatively high, which feels like like looking at the analytics and the kind of Super Bowl probability, both of these teams right now, regardless of what happens in this game, are going to come out of this game still favored, I think, to be the team that comes out of their conference in the Super Bowl. So maybe you don't want to go too much away from the norm, because if you do think you're going to do that against this team, you actually want to save it for down the line. And it's a it's a weird game whereby a loss by either team here actually doesn't really impact their ability to be the one seed as long as they win their, their other games.
1: What do you think of—I'm uh, always concerned about our division rivals since it's always a strong division. Um, the Browns are in it right now with Joe Flacco. How how much of a threat are they? Do you take them seriously?
4: The way I look at them right now, I said this to someone at PFF earlier this week was— they feel a little bit like the 2019 Tennessee Titans, whereby, with what they have at quarterback, and I think Joe Flacco has shown that he can turn it on in the fourth quarter and turn it on in uh, crunch time. They they probably lack what they need to be like a true Super Bowl contender, but they have a good enough defense and they get enough out of Flacco at quarterback that it really wouldn't surprise me to see them cause some upsets and be a team that goes to, like, the AFC Championship game before they come up against that team that they just can't quite get it done against.
2: There's another, like, really big marquee game this weekend. I just want to get your thoughts on Dallas-Miami because the, the story's been written with these two teams that they can't beat good teams, and maybe Dallas kind of busted that narrative with the win over Philly, but they're on a three-game losing streak now. What do you see happening with Dallas and Miami?
4: Yeah, I think, like you said, this is an opportunity for for both of those teams to kind of bust that narrative. Um, For Miami, I think the interesting thing with the way Dallas have their losses recently has probably taken the pressure off them a little bit in the sense that I think they know that unless Philadelphia slip up, they're not going to be able to go and win the division. Miami now all of a sudden Buffalo are right on their heels. And if Miami lose one of these next two games, be it against the Cowboys or against the Ravens, and Buffalo wins their next two games, they go into that, you know, you can, you can write that game in for Sunday Night Football right now because Buffalo would go into that game knowing that they could shock everyone from, you know, three, four weeks ago and actually come out of there with AFC's crown by winning that game. So I think the pressure very much feels like it's on Miami as much as Dallas have come off the boil a little bit as well.
3: There he is, Gordon McGinnis, PFF. Gordon, tell folks all about PFF.
4: Yeah, you'll find us at pff.com. You can find uh, a little bit that I write about the Ravens every week there, along with loads of different things about various different stats and metrics. There you
3: go. Thanks a lot, my man. Appreciate it. Th- Thanks, guys. 583 That's the number. bottom Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. So, you know, this whole Ask a Black Guy thing has has continued. You're still getting text over there, Joe? Joe said he's still getting text. And <laughs> and we're still getting phone calls. Let's go to Perry Hall to get Smed. Smed, what's going on? Hey, good morning, gentlemen. I love your show, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, love your show. <laughs> uh question for uh, Rolo there. Yes, sir. I've, all, I've always wondered. I'm 71, uh-huh. and I've had a lot of black friends. Uh, uh, a, uh, red flag. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. But
2: go <laughs> ahead. You know, I've always wondered in the last 15, 20 years, where – where do the names come from like the Roquans
3: and the Loquan's? Do you guys have a special book? <laughs> um first of all let's, let me ask you this is your real name Smed? My name my last name is Smedley S M E D L E Y but okay. they call me Smed. Okay all right. Uh, this is it's been going on for actually for generations and, and and I'm not I'm not kidding you starting from slavery when we came over we were nameless until we were given names by the then-slave owners. So the revolt or the 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 pushback to that was when we were able to name ourselves, give us our own names, we went something completely different, many of us. And as a lot of younger black people study history, they got back into that. That's why you see uh, more of an uprising of that within the last 20, 25 years. Because they learned that during those times, we created our own names. So this is just basically... It has history repeating itself. That's all.
2: I would say something to the effect too that, you know, when it comes down to it, unique spellings, different spellings of names. Yes. Like my wife's a labor and delivery nurse, and we talk about some of the baby names that are come mm. up with. But it's almost like two, like rich white people, they end up coming up with those inanimate object names like Apple and you know, or they name their kids <laughs> after I just saw someone post said you named your kids Dallas. And Miami when they should be called Hagerstown and Glen Burnie. That's what they act like. You know, like, you do get, you do get a lot of that stuff, you know? So. Where do you live? <laughs> I live in Glen Burnie.
3: <laughs> but, but honestly, that's, I mean, that's where, you know, it, it's uh, we, we couldn't name ourselves. When we came over on the ship, we were nameless until that slave owner named us. And then when we got to the point in history where we could name ourselves, we did something completely different and went with different names, sometimes tribal Sometimes not, just you made up.
1: Sometimes made up, right? Because it seemed like my lifetime there were a lot more African language names, mm-hmm. Shaniquas and things like you know, people like th- those kind of names. Where, and then it started with the uh, you know, DeAndre, mm-hmm. Keshawn. Mm-hmm. You know, the adding the K and the D and all that stuff to, to names, just
3: altering basic
1: Anglo names
3: and and, and re- uh, come up with different spellings. Like like Fr- uh, Antoine is a French name. Mm-hmm. And what we did was spelt it differently, A N T W A N, instead of the original way of the French. So it, it just it's being creative. That's it, being creative. Four ten five eight three one zero five seven is the number. My my reasoning for naming my kids what I named them was completely different. Number one, my wife wanted to name my son after me and my dad. I wouldn't have named him a third. That was her job. I named my daughter Stephanie, and I was determined. Mm-hmm that when they grew up, you weren't going to look at their resume and tell where they came from. When you looked at their resume, you saw a name, you saw qualifications. Yeah, you would absolutely. not be able to tell who they were. That was, that was my thing. That was my thing.
2: And my kids were named after my great-grandfathers. Who Who played for the Colts. Who were Peyton and Clay. And then my son was named after, Dalton was named after Patrick Swayze and Roadhouse. There you go. Which, that's true, by the way. (laughs) You got shovels, Andy. (laughs) Other than giving Jeremy a shovel for
3: that, what are you shovel for?
1: This is a goodie. I'm giving it to a Florida preschool that did something.
3: You're going to be floored by this. And I mean it. You're going to be shocked. If you have a shovel, give us a call. Give us a text, 410-583-1057. Hit us up on Twitter, at BBMS1057. The Fan Shovel's next. biggest idiots deserve the big bad shovel of wisdom
0: sponsored by jerry's toyota and their exclusive benefits including free service maintenance for four years or 50,000 miles visit jerry's toyota just north of the beltway on bel air road and online at jerrystoyota.com 1057 the fan
3: Time to give out shovels. If you have a shovel, give us a call. Give us a text, 410-583-1057. And Norris, who gets your shovel? The Building Brains
1: Academy in uh, St. Flor- St. Cloud, Florida. Florida again, man. This is even not, this is crazy for a Florida story. because This isn't like your typical Florida man thing. This is just... I still can't believe... I'm going to re- tell you what they did, and I still cannot believe what they did. This is a preschool... Looks very nice. I mean, it's. I'm looking at the building.
2: Looking good, preschool.
1: Very nice, you know, colorful lettering outside Building Brains Academy and da da da. And, well, they decided to have the kids reenact the Rosa Parks incident. So they had a two year old black girl who's been photographed. They're simulating... She's being handcuffed. There were no handcuffs, but simulating being handcuffed by a two-year-old white boy. And then they fingerprinted And since they couldn't fingerprint, they, they gave him finger paint. And they palm printed her with the white guy, male kid, the male kid, the white boy, you know, acting as the police officer, doing all this. <laughs> the, the parents on both sides went through the roof, as you can imagine, yanked their kids out of the school. They placed their hands on the table like she's being booked. Did I mention they were two?
3: Yeah. What kind of, what kind of an idiot would do what, this with what a two-year-old child? I'm just curious. What was the reason for them doing this? Were, were they
1: I, I'm trying to get to that? It just you know, they're trying to get a well, you know an importance of equal rights is what they were saying. They want to teach you know civil rights to children and the importance of equal rights. Um, what I really find disturbing, I, re- I saw one news story. They said it was um, a spontaneous thing. They just decided to. Oh, really? Hmm. So you happen to have a very tiny, tiny police
3: vest that would fit a two-year-old just laying around? I think, I think National Rosa Parks Day is December first. That's why I was asking. Was it? Was it uh, Probably.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, is there is there something to be said about you know like? What's the point of this? Does, it, does anybody, like, actually present the ideas before they do it? Like, we, we've gone over this this past week from Eric Adams talking about, hey, you can come to New York. You might see a plane fly into a building. That's why New York's great, which was dumb. We had, you know, this incident here now. We had another um, another incident with uh, Sean McDermott using the 9-11 bombers as, hey, man, they were... What do they have to go through to get this? Like, do people bring stuff up before they start talking about it or doing this in their classrooms? No, that means they will have to meet and organize. Hey, just days. come
3: on,
2: man. Look at your shovel that con. Tyreek Hill. Ooh. Now, this is true again, he's fast, right? A little bit. Apparently, we didn't know how fast because allegedly Tyreek Hill has had his third child this year with three different women. Two of the baby mamas have just filed paternity suits. <laughs> Hill reportedly has seven children and just got married a couple of weeks ago. And look, I ain't got a problem with whatever you want to do. You want to live your life? You want to do this? I just don't understand for the life of me. And I think it was, is it Plies the Rapper? Plies, right? He just spoke up. He goes, what the hell are y'all doing? Like, it ain't that difficult to wear a condom. Why would you want to, instead of doing that or sleeping with all these women um, that are, I mean, we know what's going on with some of them. Like, you've got all these Instagram and porno stars that are, they're waiting at home.
3: Porno They're, stars.
2: I know. They're waiting for what am I supposed to say? Porn. Porn yeah. What's wrong with porno stars? Nothing. That's wrong. very old man. Yeah. I didn't say the. Anyway. What? It didn't start above her belly button or anything. It wasn't like an whatever man. Like the, old guys say, porno. Porno stars. Anyway, the point is, like, I, I agree. Like, how can you keep going through this? We just had the situation with Anthony Edwards where he paid a woman a hundred thousand dollars and she just showed him a, a, a pregnancy test that was positive. Well, could have been anybody's. Exactly, and she paid him hundred grand, or he paid her hundred grand, and now they're done. But like, if she was really pregnant and wanted to go through, with it, wasn't she taking that? That's that's cash for the next eighteen years for her. It's real. Yeah, like, and he drives just, off on a Hyundai. Yeah,
1: you know what's going on.
2: But three kids in a calendar year, seven total. Come on, you saw what it did
3: there. I saw it. Kanye, <laughs> there. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> My shovel goes to Ravens fans. The Ravens are not
3: getting disrespected because they're underdogs on the road on Monday Night Football against the best team in the NFL. The same media that you think is disrespected the Ravens are calling this the Super Bowl preview. <laughs> How is that disrespect? Will you stop? This is the most talk. They call it the game of the year and yeah. the Super Bowl preview, but they're disrespecting the Ravens because they're on the road against... The best team in the NFC, they're five and a half point underdogs. That's not disrespect. That's about right. Now you flip this, and the Ravens are five and a half under, point underdogs at home. Maybe we can scream a little disrespect. But when they're calling this the game of the year and the Super Bowl preview, that's respect. That that's. You can't get more respectful than that. What I don't understand is, does
1: anyone on the Ravens really believe in your heart you should be favorites on the road against this team?
3: Or any of the fans either. Right. Anyway, come on, man. Come on. Be reasonable. You're not playing the Titans. You're not playing the Packers.
1: It's the number one seeded team in the power rankings. You're playing them on Christmas night in their house. You get three points for your home and field advantage. And they were two and a half point favorite essentially. And so your what? own
2: back to back road games going yeah, all the way I mean, out West. How is this disrespectful? It's actually I I've, I've said all along like I think I think with the the spread they put out, it's showing the Ravens a ton of respect. It's me too. Yes. Looking at the situation yeah. and and again, I look at numbers all the time. This is all I do when it comes to spreads and everything. Like this is not a slap in the face of the Ravens. If you were another team. Like, I was just reading up on you should be betting the Chargers this weekend because in the history, when a team b- loses by that many points, they usually bounce back and don't embarrass themselves the next week, yeah. which is such a weird thing. Remember the how Broncos. much they lost by? Yeah. The, the,
3: the Broncos.
2: So, like, this is it's a situation where you should be betting the Chargers, but that's a tough button to click, and people could be saying, well, maybe they're getting, you know, maybe you're looking at this team. I, I can't say that with the Ravens being a five-point dog, and even if it ends up there on the road against what everybody deems to be the best football team.
3: Ryan Mink from BaltimoreRavens.com joins us at 9.15 to preview this game as well. But on the other side, we're talking football, the Thursday night edition. Saints, Rams, up next on The Fan.
5: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.